It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher alongside Adam Kaplan as we do this every week here at Inside the Birds. And Adam, obviously last week there were really big, enormous, mega developments with the Philadelphia Eagles starting with Doug Peterson taking the team bowling out an OTA practice. These guys complain about practice time and then they go bowling, right? Yeah, right. That, that, that uh, I don't know why teams do this, but I guess it's for bonding purposes, but that had to be some connection on why Carson Wentz got his deal done, right? It, it must have been. He must have bowled like a 280, and they thought, we need to commit to this guy long term. No, obviously, that was the big um, the big development, the Carson Wentz contract. We will get into that a little bit. Um, I think what the bigger development, at least from you and I, our standpoint, because we have talked about this Carson Wentz thing, and I think both of us said yeah. we knew we were getting it, it was going to get done, and we'll explain why it yep. got done. But Joe Douglas leaving... Uh, for the Jets job, although we've talked about that as well, it just kind of opens up a whole new avenue of discussions about the fate uh, of the Eagles front office, you know, the impact Joe Douglas had here. I don't know if everybody really fully understands it. I think we'll go into that. And um, what's going to happen in the future without Joe Douglas? Because a lot of people are wondering now, well, who's the, who's taking whose spot? And we'll we'll examine it all. So let's just really quickly touch on Carson before we get into that, um, we, we knew this contract extension was coming, and there's a reason why it was done now. And there's 
basically a couple of different approaches that the Eagles took, but they took the one that you and I thought they would, and that's giving him the long-term deal up front and making him, at the moment of signing, one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, so from an average per year basis, 32 million, 32 million puts him at n- number four technically. Right. Wilson, Rodgers, Wilson's at the highest at $35 million. Right. Uh, and then Kirk you, Cousins, I think, is third or fourth. Uh, right? Well, he, his Cousins is actually $28 million, Right. But his full guaranteed signing is enormous because he was a true unrestricted free agent at $84 million. Correct. Carson's true, true guaranteed signing is $66 million. Um, Wilson, uh, Wilson's is just about there. because the, But the way you have to understand, the way that the, the Seahawks did it, the, the signing bonus is enormous. I think it might be the largest in NFL history. Yeah. It might it have been was. like $66 million or something. No, but nevertheless, so, so I... Jeff and I have seen your questions. Why the Eagles do it now? Mm-hmm. What does this mean for the future? Let's address all of this before we move on to the Joe Douglas situation. So mm-hmm. the reason why when Jeff and I talked about this two months ago that I felt that it would get done by training camp is because both sides from knowing what's been going on, they wanted it done, get it over with. Despite what the fans think, the football teams never go and thinking the guy will get hurt every year. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't really deal with the injury-prone question. They don't really believe in that. Though they do believe that Carson could protect himself a little bit better. You know, the Rams play when he got hurt, maybe he could have gone down earlier, whatever it is. Carson's aware of that, that he needs to do a better job to protect himself, but they also saw him in OTAs. We know how Carson is looking amazing. He looks all the way back. He's not even wearing a sleeve on his left knee. So they got that issue behind them. So they're like, let's let's go for this. They made it clear. Howie Roseman actually put it out there, which is surprising. He did. They were. They've said it from the very start. honest. They, yeah. they, like he put it out there at uh, the combine. He's like, "Look, we want this done. Right. We're going to do everything we can." But he also said, "It takes two people to make a deal. Two sides to make a deal." Um, Carson's people wanted were, were also amenable to doing it if they got what they wanted. The only thing I got wrong, I think you and I were a little surprised that Prescott didn't go first. Correct. I thought they would use those numbers. So now Dak Prescott has that. Yeah. So in an ideal world, and from what I was told, that they would have liked. Carson and his camp would have liked a Prescott deal and maybe even a Jared Goff deal to happen first. But as you just mentioned, when the Eagles put that kind of money in front of him and he knows his injury history and what he's already been through, it's a hard, it's a hard to say no to that. And you've got that kind of guaranteed money up front. It's hard to just say, I'm going to wait it out one more year because if you get hurt, then everything could change. And he's clearly been hurt before. I think the biggest thing, Adam, and you brought up the $32 million per year, that's if you take the extension on its face value at four years, which doesn't start for another two years. That is so significant. I think I explained this in our last podcast. I'm not sure, but I'll try to do it again because it's, it's, it's not easy for the common fan to understand this. But all the new money from his contract, the new guaranteed money, they're going to use this year and next year where he's on the books for $8 million, this year, $23 million next year, That's which some is cap really numbers. good. That's some cap numbers. Cap numbers, correct. Right. They're going to take a lot of that new guaranteed money and put it into this year and next year. So that's going to raise his cap number to the point where it's still manageable, but it's going to lower that average AAV we talk about when the extension starts in 2021. So in 2021, he's probably going to be making more. If you, take the, if you make it more like a six-year deal, okay, it's going to be more like $25, $26 million per year instead of 32. And why that's so significant is that 7 to $8 million, 
That's a defensive ends extension right there. That's a wide receivers extension right there. That's either Derek Barnett or some young other player who they're going to have to reward in two or three years. Could be Andre Dillard in two or three years. You know what I'm saying? That kind of contract that they've done, to be able to do put new money into an old contract gives them flexibility. And I think this is what I brought up last time we were talking. Russell Wilson's first contract extension done by the Seattle Seahawks was very similar. He was in the fourth year. He was entering the fourth year of a rookie deal as a third-round pick. He was on the cap for $800,000 that year. What a... How about that? You have an MVP By for eight hundred thousand dollars, right? Wentz is on the books for under eight eight hundred grand this season. So this plays into your point. Dick, no, he's on eight million. No, no, his cap number, but his right. base but salary talking, no, no, is seven ninety five. Russell's base salary was seven hundred thousand. Right. His cap right. number was eight hundred thousand overall. So what they did was they signed him to a I think it was four years eighty eight million with thirty million guaranteed at that time, and they took about six or seven of that million of that guaranteed money and put it in the final year of his rookie deal which made it like $7,800,000, right? So they were able to inflate that cap number by $7 million and still make it manageable. That's what the Eagles are going to do with Carson Wentz's contract. When it's all said and done, it's going to be a value deal. Yeah, so Carson, before this deal got done, his base salary was only $720,000. Now he had a fully guaranteed roster bonus of just under $3.4 million. All they owed him for this season was just over $4 million plus the proration from a signing bonus was just over $4 million. So as Jeff said, it, it was over $8 million in just a cap number. But they're, by giving them a large signing bonus, what you do is you prorate over a series of years, and you, you can lower the base salaries, or you can raise them. In this case, he's, they're going to pay him essentially over the first two seasons. But let's not forget, if you look at all the contracts that they have, there are very few players they need to ex- extend. Right. At Any, the moment, right. Right. I mean, Nelson Aguilar's not getting one. No. Big V's not getting one. Wendell Small. Well, I would say Big V probably not. Probably not. Probably. Probably we don't not know that for a fact. That's true. Right. He's not getting one before this season starts, I would Pro- say. I would agree with that. Barnett, you're not doing. You can't do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Graham, you, you, you took care of. Nigel Bradham, he, he had his contract restructured. He actually had his, his salary cut. Right. Mills, you, wait and see. McLeod, you, you already restructured. He took a pay cut. Malcolm, we'll see. Malcolm Jenkins, we'll see. But you, you have that money. So that still if Barnett, for two years, if Barnett has a very good yeah. year this year, he'll be eligible for an extension. There's next really year. nothing. Yeah. Um, Grugier Hill, even if they extended it, which they can do, wouldn't get very much anyway. Because no. if Sidney Jones has a very good year this year, I mean, if, if a couple of these young kids who are going to be three years in have really good years, then you have money next year and the year after because of this deal. Right, you so they're, they're in really good shape. They don't really have to extend anyone. That's correct. They've done everything. Like this, Isaac Samalo, they they did him. Yeah. Uh, Lane Johnson, maybe next year they, they talk to him, but they're in good shape here, and uh, Jeff set up very well. They, they they took care of this. They have the cap space. They had just about $20.5 before this extension. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to use a chunk of that. And plus, whatever money's left over, you roll over to the next season, they're, they're in good shape they're here. They're in good shape. Uh, yeah. Now, the, the cynic or the skeptic will say, but what if he gets hurt this year? What if he gets hurt next year? There's always that possibility, and, and every I say this, every quarterback contract comes with risk. You can't get around That's, a little bit of okay, risk. Okay, so what Jeff just said is the, what I wanted to get to next before we move on to Douglas. So I got a bunch of questions. I actually did a couple of um, national interviews. I did one on Fox Sports Radio about this. I, we got questions here mm-hmm. uh, through Twitter for both you and I. Why do you do it now? The Eagles could have held him against the wall and said, you know what? If they wanted to, 
they could have said, you know what, we're going to let you play this out. We have the fifth year option, which we already extended for next season. Plus, we have two tags. We could wait till after the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. You don't do that to your franchise quarterback if you believe him. I've said this before in the show, and it's not to demean the fans or the media, but you never worry about anyone what thinks outside the building. You and I may not agree with what the Eagles are doing and certain things. I'm not talking about this contract, right? But they have the guy every day. Mm-hmm. They know how he prepares himself. They know how much he, how hard he works, how smart he is, how athletic he is. They're be- they're going to take. You just mentioned it. The short term risk. God forbid he suffers another significant injury. Hopefully he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. The, the odds are against it, but you never know. But. They're just setting up where they go, you know what? We're going to take the early risks. This is what Joe Banner did. And by the way, Joe Banner's the reason why you couldn't extend players after two years anymore. <laughs> yeah, they created they a, uh, a standard that right, the, uh, right. they so, negotiated so, away from the CBA. Right. So, you, so any drafted player have to rates after three, not two anymore. Which I think, by the way, works better because you have much pe- people much less angry with the contracts that they sign. And plus, it gives clubs a longer time to evaluate the player. Yep. So I, I get why people are complaining, but folks... You don't go in thinking it's not that the guy's going to get hurt again. You you just you just you well, do it now and and you put it behind you. Yeah, there's some precedent there. Um, to to your point, how you can agitate somebody and make them look at you sideways. But your quarterback, Washington Redskins did this with Kirk Cousins. What you're proposing, which is just one year, one year, one year franchise tag, franchise tag, and that didn't work out. That's for a mistake. Them. The second thing to that is there's also financial, even more financial risk in doing that because once these guys sign their contracts, Dak Prescott, Goff, and then there'll be a veteran who signs another big deal. could be Matt Ryan. I don't know whoever's up. But the, the franchise tag number is going to be in this next year and the year after and probably between 35 and $40 million. If you look at Carson's contract, we just told you because you add these two years, it's going to be twenty five million. So now you're talking about paying an extra eight or nine or ten million okay, for that. And let me add to that the Patrick Mahomes deal. If he now, I can't imagine he'll do as well as he did last year because he had fifty combined <laughs> touchdowns. But if he it has won't a matter, no, all he has to do is have a decent season, good, solid season. They go deep in the playoffs. He's getting forty million a year. Yes, because Russell Wilson got th- thirty five. Is the high, Russell Wilson had the best best contract in NFL history at quarterback? Right. Okay. Mahomes could get $40 million. Oh, you know what? In two or three years, if the Eagles waited and they want to deal with Carson, they want to treat him the right way. If he, if he has a... Because, by the way, there's language in his contract that he gets bonuses mm-hmm. uh, for, for achievement, for wins, and MVP and all that. If they want to Super Bowl with Carson, his number is going to be over $40 million in two years. So, again, to, to stop, to, just to, to put this to bed, folks, the longer you wait, Jeff's just talked about, the more it's going to cost you in either franchise tags or if you want to do a contract, because you're gonna have the agents are gonna base it off of Mahomes' deal. Right. And that's the way it goes. I mean Carson was gonna be your quarterback this year and almost definitely next year anyway. So what are we talking about here? You know, year three, honestly, if they had to get out of it, they could. They really could. They probably won't, but if they had to get out of it, they could with not as much financial risk as it might think. All right, let's move on to Joe Douglas. Um he takes the Jets GM gig. It was very odd, I, I say, Adam that it's amazing how things can change in 24 hours because last Thursday, the reports coming out of Florham Park, New Jersey, and the Jets you know, reporters were that you know he got lowballed, and then I heard some things about the, the actual funds for the departments maybe weren't the what he, he wanted. You know, He wants to come over, Joe Douglas, and seize control of a personnel department and be able to have the resources that he has here in Philadelphia. And the reports were coming out that he wasn't getting what he wanted, and it almost seemed like he was going to be back here, and then literally the very next day, um, the Jets send out their announcement that he's their GM. So clearly, the back and forth and the you know the holding off worked in Joe Douglas's favor. So I'll pick up 
on, on what you just said. So a, a very strong league source who knows Joe Douglas very well told me that late Friday afternoon, Doug, it sounded like Douglas was going to stay. Mm-hmm. Now, I do not know whether the Brian Gain firing had anything to do with Some people say that, that it was not concurrent. It had nothing to do with it, and that's fine. Right. But something happened where Douglas kind of held out, so to speak, in that he's like, this is what I want. If you don't give it to me, then I'll stay in Philly where I can win another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then you can get somebody else. But I think that the public embarrassment, if they didn't get him, and it got out, which it did, uh, the way someone explained to me, it was clearly Joe did not get what he wanted. And if he didn't get what he wanted, although he wanted that job badly, he was going to take, he, he had a contract in Philly. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be one or the other. And to move this along here, move it forward, uh, the Jets gave him a six-year deal. Um, depending on who you spoke with, or you speak to about it, there have been reports about how much he's getting. I've heard two and a half for three million. Whatever it is, he got a f- fantastic contract. Jimmy Sexton, his agent, got him what he wanted. Right. And, um, he, you know, for Jet fans, because I know Jet fans will be listening to this, Phil Savage, uh, who's going to interview, he's, he's very close to Joe. They worked at Baltimore yeah, together. Baltimore I mean, it's not a secret. No. Uh, my friend Rich Chimini reported it. I could just tell you that the, the, ter- the title that he's probably going to have if he takes it would be Senior Personnel Executive. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, as we transition here, is because if Andy Weidel doesn't go right now, mm-hmm. he needs some other people he could trust that know the Baltimore scouting system. Well, who knows it better than Phil Savage? Uh, not, not too many people. And um, I would say this. I think right now the biggest wonderment from Eagles fan standpoint is, A, how do you replace Joe Douglas? B, what about the entire staff as a whole? And I'm going to throw a C in there. And we'll, maybe let's address this first. Couldn't, couldn't the Eagles, if they wanted to, have kept Joe Douglas and tried to create a scenario like you saw in Baltimore with Eric DaCosta, who eventually was going to be the successor for Ozzie Newsom, but had to wait many years. And even in Minnesota, where George yeah, Payton is eventually going to be. Right, but, well, well, you mentioned George Payton just right now. George, George Payton, P- right, yeah. George Payton, okay. Who turned down that Jets. He did. He's tr- twice. For the th- no, twice. three. I thought it was three times. Was it three? Okay, I, I only know three. twice. Yeah. But, in a, as a matter of fact, speaking of Payton, I was told 24 hours before he told the Jets no, Mm-hmm. He was a little bit more torn this time because they have a quarterback now. Sure. And a good friend of his in the league said, like, this is the first time of all the jobs he's turned down, Rams or whatever, that he was, like, seriously thinking about. It. He wanted the Niners job, by the way, mm-hmm. um, that John Lynch. John Lynch um, got, right. You know, he, he went to school at UCLA. But yeah. um, George was really good at what he does. And when we look at this situation with the Jets here, and you, and you talk about Joe potentially coming back. The, the thing is, Howie Roseman is always going to be in charge. Right. He would never have control here. Yeah, it's not like Howie is old or like the, the way like, I get like he's going to walk away. Right. Been. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point yeah. that you make because with Douglas, even if he stayed, mm-hmm. he knows the end game is here. He's never going to be the guy. He's right. never going to be the. Howie doesn't have the title of GM, but he's a GM. Okay. He delegates the entire pars- personnel parm to Joe. Joe ran it for Howie. Mm-hmm. The. the Joe ran a day-to-day operation for Howie. All the scouts and, and directors reported to Joe. And he's beloved by his people. And people in the league have a ton of respect for him. Mm-hmm. But he was not going to be the man. He, in terms of turning the card in, every final decision went to Roseman. They, they conferred on it. Right. And I think, and I think you, 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 you've mentioned it, you and I have mentioned it, Joe wanted his own shop. And now he's got one. Yeah. Now, people, have, it's, it's hard to evaluate and analyze the individual impact that Joe had on the scouting staff because Howie was in charge of trades and Howie's right-hand man, Jake Rosenberg, does a lot of the contracts, right? And Howie has final say and Doug controls a lot of the 53, at least what they, you know, he has a huge input in it. 
So well, Howie control actually technically Howie controls Howie the controls 53. 53. But I know with but a lot Doug of has input. a lot of yes, input. Yes, you just said right. right. So it's hard to say Joe Douglas is responsible for player A or player B, player C. So I tried to ask this. I spoke to about two or three people that who work or worked with Joe Douglas and asked what his biggest impact was. I even wrote a story about it on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher. And the biggest thing about Joe, and I think this is vital, Adam, because you remember what the scouting department was like before Joe got here with Chip Kelly in charge and Howie banished and there was a lot of guys coming in. It was a mess. And to be honest, to be fair, it was even a mess at times before Chip got here with Howie having to deal with certain people, okay? Joe came in here and the biggest thing that I, I gathered was he stabilized the staff. He brought in people who are like-minded. He went to bat for his scouts all the time, and he generally won. I mean, they, they have, the Eagles have a huge scouting department. A lot of these guys he brought Might in. Might be the biggest. Though. Yeah, it yeah. probably is. And he's not a micromanager. He lets them do their job, and he's a good evaluator. He is a scout scout. That's the one term that kept coming back to me. And so maybe we can't pick and choose a certain player, but his emphasis was on productive players not workout warriors productive players with good character and for the most part if you look whether it's college or pro guys people have come in whether it's chris long Garrett blunt Corey graham patrick robinson good high, mostly high character guys i know blunt had some issues but productive he was a not, leader though when yeah he, came he was here. a leader surprisingly yeah. guys have come here and performed really well and i think joe is probably a huge reason for it. Is definitely based on what I've heard, like a huge reason for it. All right, so let me add to that. A galvanizer. So, yes, yeah, he did a good job of doing that. So, so, according to multiple people I've spoken to over the last year about this, and you just touched on it, but let me develop it a little bit more. So, basically, Joe took the belief that I'm going to treat our people like Ozzy treated us. He didn't want us to go show he would go to bat. He would make sure we got paid. You know, mm-hmm. yes, Eric DaCosta wanted to be the, the, his replacement, and he is. But part of it is they pay pretty well, I believe. If they're not the highest paid scouts of the NFL, it's very close. The Ravens are. Mm-hmm. So, and this is a credit to Roseman and Douglas. So no one would want to leave. And when they would re-up, they would make sure that they got taken care of, monetarily speaking. They take care of the families very well. They, they pay for, you know, the scouts all go to, um, two years ago, I remember when, unfortunately, it was the, the game that Carson uh, tore his ACL, but th- mm-hmm. they had their scouting meetings out there. The families all went with them. Uh, they just recently, also, at Marco okay. Island. And Marco families Island, Families right. were there. That's big time. It's huge. Most teams don't do this. I wanted people to understand, because I know Jets fans are listening. Mm-hmm. Once you understand what kind of guy you're getting uh, with Joe Douglas, he treats people like they want to be treated, and he gives them also extra responsibility. I'll give you another thing, right? which he'll probably do um, with the Jets. He gives the scouting staff, and he might do it with the pro staff with the college stuff. But the way he's explained to me by a couple of people was that he gives the college scouting staff at least one pro team to scout. I don't know what they do, because I don't know any of these guys, but I just heard from a couple of people this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Joe would give them each a team, and it give them exposure to pro scouting. So whatever. I'm guessing, I don't know as a fact, I'm guessing it's an opponent they have coming up, but I, I, would, I don't know. Mm. But I just know that he gives them, they all pick a team. It's got to be. You would think it would be a team that they're playing this this year. But you would I, think so, yeah. Just a guess, but whatever it is, they get a team, and this gives them pro exposure because you know, with most Kyle scouts don't watch pro tape. This is a great example of he gets it. And Joe is not a pro guy. Remember, he came in as only had done a college scouting. He never did pro. That was the one issue coming in. They're like, wow, how he's giving them all this responsibility. He had to learn the pro side. So he did a smart thing here. So now. 
if these guys stay and they're promoted, at least they've been the, the uh, college guys and even maybe Patch and those guys get pro stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. But I know the scouting, the scouts look at pro tape a little bit. So that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So Joe got him money. He gives him exposure to uh, to pro and Jeff set it up very well. These guys don't want to leave because they, they're respected and they like, it's really good when Roseman and Douglas get the value of taking care of your people. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, they're going to want to go. I know. And the, uh, so he's gone, and I think the biggest concern is the future now of the front. Because remember, they also yeah, lost Dwayne Joseph, who yeah. was their top pro oh, scout. Oh, Brandon Brown was promoted. Brandon Brown was promoted, but uh, that's did the they guy. Announce that I, I don't, don't know, but, but I know it's done. I know it's done within a week. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now the pro scouting director. So Brandon Brown yeah. was like the assistant to Dwayne Joseph because yeah. he was a pro scouting assistant. But he's a guy who's young, three or four years, as opposed to Dwayne Joseph, who had a, a name before he even got here. He's real smart. Mm-hmm. He worked for the Colts briefly. Maybe that's where Interberry knows him. I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I th- maybe they overlapped. I don't know. But anyway, well, he's running by Joe, I believe. Right. No, but I'm saying when he started his career, he started very low with the Colts. Right. But I do know this. He's re- young, but he's very smart. But you just touched on it. Doesn't have a ton of experience. So, right. and they brought in Max Gruder, Gruder, whatever. Max his name Gruder, is, yes. Who I remember from the Dolphins. <laughs> I remember. I remember covering for the draft ten years ago. Now he's like, it's, I know. Crazy, so but I think that's, yeah, that's done already. I, so what I've seen on the internet is a lot of we're good, we're fine. They brought in Andrew Barry, they promoted this guys, and I say you know maybe, but I think that's a question that's going to be left unanswered. I wouldn't be just, I, I wouldn't want to devalue what Joe B- Douglas brought to this franchise by saying fine, Andrew Barry slides in. Let's talk about Andrew Barry. It, he was the director of football operations here. He's now the director of football operations in Cleveland. He was like number two or number three on their chain and I forget I think he was executive vice president of uh, of pro scouting or some, something like that in Cleveland I can't remember I, he is heavily analytics guy because he was with he, he has a scouting background there's no doubt about it he came up through I think Polian in Indianapolis before going yeah Cleveland. Bill's talked about him on Sirius yeah, yeah he thinks he he's is, great he, yeah. he's well regarded for being a very smart guy and obviously understands the analytics I think there's a concern here and I think it's a valid concern that if he becomes Joe Douglas's replacement, that this is a signal that Jeffrey Howie and the organization's affinity for analytics might be taking over a little bit, and you wonder if it's going to interfere with the just... I hate using football versus analytics, because analytics involves football, but the the scouting, the, the pure blue blood scouting side that Joe Douglas was okay. really known for. Yeah, so, so let's address this. It's certainly an issue. Barry, let's not forget Barry played four years at Harvard, okay? Yeah. He, he's a football guy. Not exactly Penn State or Ohio no, but it's State, football. Though. But it's football, though. Yeah, he, he played football, okay? <laughs> he learned under Bill Polian, who's not an analytics guy at all. Right. He understands it, but he, he doesn't believe in it like Howie would. Mm-hmm. Although Bill and Howie are actually very good friends. But to move this forward, Barry could get a jump. We, you and I talked about this a month ago, but I have more information. I just got opinions from mm-hmm. people around the league that I trust. I think what's going to happen is, and I know we, we got this, we'll address it right now. We got this as a couple questions. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Watt will be promoted. I'm told that uh, he's got a year left in his contract. Yep. Heard the so same. So why would you do that? Because he runs, this is the Baltimore scouting system. Andrew Burry didn't come up from that scouting system. I, I'm right. not saying that Andrew won't get a bump up. He's already VP of football operations. Okay. Um, that's a pretty big title. Now, now, I would tell you with the Eagles, it's one thing that we don't talk about this much, but I need to talk about this because it's important. Don't get caught up in titles with the Eagles. It's about yeah, what they do. Everybody's got something in right. it. Everybody's Don't, a director and, and, of something. And it's, it's, I respect Roseman for giving them titles because it helps them sure. from an image perspective, also more money. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they have three directors. Not everyone does the same. The college directors, which right. we, I didn't understand when they did it. I, couldn't, I didn't get it, but I get it better now. 
So to to move this forward, I think Wida will stay. I don't know it one hundred percent true, but my my sense is that's what's going to happen. Well, the only way to be clear, he yeah. can leave is if Howie lets him out of the contract. Yeah, because he has a year left, which right, Howie has right. done before. You know, Brett Veach, who is now Kansas well, City's general manager, Mike he Bradway, asked for, and Mike Bradway is another one. Mike Bradway, he no, left. I thought Mike's contract was up. When no, he left. it was not. No, you're right. multiple sources. I actually asked not. about that this yeah. weekend. You're right. Um, so to make a to move this forward here. I expect Weidel to get promoted to Joe's spot. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen, it's Barry. But the smart move, the smart money, so to speak, in Vegas would be to to promote Weidel. Now, and then also try to extend the contract so that he doesn't leave. Well, after okay, a now, year. now, now, here's a question. I thought about that. Unless they, and are waiting to WIP. I thought about that, Jeff. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. Then let's move this forward. If Andy takes it, what do you? Do? You have to. You have to redo his deal. But is. Roseman going to want to know they're probably going to leave you after a year because I think he has a year left on his contract the way mm-hmm. I'd heard it. Mm-hmm. So on your on your point that you made, that's a that's a that's a tough deal here because when you turn down an extension, you're telling the team whether it's a player or an executive that you want you're probably going to leave after one year. Now, let's just say that why it, it works out that Weidel gets it and it, it's kosher, it gets done. Who moves into Andy's old spot? Is it? Um, the, the guy that uh, Ian Cunningham could be Ian Cunningham because Ian Cunningham now could take over for Andy next year. Correct. But then what scouting system? If they all leave, what are they going to run in two or three years? It's going to be Andrew's scouting system that he brings in from the Colts and the Browns. I don't know. I think this breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Malcolm Jenkins will report for mandatory minicamp. Please discuss that. Wow. Well, all right. Great. We will get into okay. that. Okay. okay. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins. The holdout is over. Great. No. Uh, well, it wasn't really a holdout, but he will report. Um, <laughs> Technically, yeah, because he did. He, yes, we have to thank it. John Barcher to yeah. the Go Birds podcast yes. for that breaking news. We'll get um, that in a second. So, so really, let's put a bow on this. I think this. This is just my opinion now. All right, I think that I, I'm in agreement with you. I think Andy Weidel has to ha- maintain a very powerful voice in personnel matters, even if Andrew Berry was brought in to be quote, scout, analytics guy, whatever, a high he does position. Both. He does both. I think they need to marry these two and continue to and not lean so heavily toward one or the other that the you, you see a change in dynamic in the front office. If we find out that Andy Weidel and a lot of the guys that Joe Douglas brought in are gone and they're going to let out of their contracts, I think that we'll have to talk about that as maybe a cause of concern, but that's down the road. Fair? Yeah, I do, but but you so, don't want this whole thing turning into just analytics guys. Now, now, now look, if if there Howie's not comfortable with promoting Waddle and he could leave, then that may then he lets Waddle out of his contract and he goes to uh, to uh, the Jets. I don't know, but I just think on the surface, what I expect to happen is Andy gets promoted, but it's Roseman's call. They have to work it out. We know that Joe's best friend in the league is Andy Waddle. It's not right. a secret. Right, scouting circles. You made a point. You you've got a very the the ball almost like the Baltimore chain here from Joe now to Andy Weidel, and they know they've proven they can come in here, they can work well with Howie, but they can also treat a staff really well. I don't know that Andrew Berry has that kind and, and of one thing before we move on you know? Jenkins. See if you do it like this, if it works out like I think it's going to work out, barring a small surprise, because Ian Cunningham a year to learn to get more responsibility. Because Ian Cunningham could could, uh, could take over for Waddle the next year, so at least he's got more. He could learn the pro game a little bit more because he's mm-hmm. been a college guy, and y- you need that. And then obviously Andrew Berry gets more responsibility. Good thing about Berry is he's done both. He's done pro in college. It is. He's good. done analytics, contracts. mostly pro, but yeah, he's done some college. But he's done college. And remember his per- his his title was he was a he was VP of player personnel for the Browns from sixteen to eighteen. So he's got he's got experience on it with right. It. All right, real quick, Adam Schefter reporting what John Bartrid broke in and uh, yeah. announced 
on the podcast, and that's Malcolm Jenkins reporting for his physical, will be in attendance for the mandatory minicamp beginning Tuesday. Jenkins is said to be excited with his teammates and focused on 2019 as an Eagle. It doesn't say that his contract was redone or restructured or anything, but I would have to think, just based on experience, right, that now that Carson's done, now that we know that there's some money left over, that there's got to be some kind of uh, discussion that's already taken place between the... uh, It's usually like this. You show up to camp, and then we'll hook you up. We're not gonna. We're not gonna hook you up while you're absent, go doing something else. So. It would be a stunner. I'm just speaking off the cuff here. I don't know for a fact that something will get done. I would be very surprised if something doesn't get done one right. way or the other. Remember, they when they extended his contract last, mm-hmm. he had two years left on the deal. It was a surprise then. He might have been 28. I think he's now 31. Yeah. But man, if you were ever going to redo a deal in the 30s, this is the guy. Durability, leadership. Very good football player. Probably one of the best free agent signings in the Roseman era. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, a to me, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer. Again, if you were to do something, it would be with him. Yeah, absolutely. And and just from um, real quick from an image standpoint and why teams do this, they, they, they ask that a guy show up to camp and yes. then you talk because yes. it doesn't look good if... The guy's not there. You renegotiate, and, and you then give he in. shows right. up. You're trying bad. to show sure. that you, you, as an organization, you sure. maintained your ground too. So, um, unfortunately, we're out of time. We're not going to be able to get to some of the questions uh, because obviously the Malcolm Jenkins stuff. Some of them there, we addressed some of them yeah. with the Joe Douglas, but a lot of those questions, Adam, were kind of personnel related as far as the team. And you and I are going to be at OTAs this week. So next week when we do our podcast, we'll probably be able we'll to hit get to every those question. And, we're we're going to full review of OTAs. And there's some stuff we simply did not have time for because of the the Douglas thing broke, the Carson thing broke, and Johnny B told us, thank goodness he did that, that the uh, we could address the although it was very easy to address the right. um, we we told people a month ago uh, this was not going to be a story in September. No, no, we told them <laughs> we said it's contract related though it was not out yet. We said it was contract related, right? And y- you know we'll see what happens. All right, that's going to do it for Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel for Adam Kaplan. I'm Jeff Bosher, and thanks for flying with us inside the birds.